Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So part two of needs, wants, and desires is focused on how to effectively communicate with God. And because there's, there's really effective ways and very ineffective ways how we communicate with God. All of us have some way or another how we relate to God. Some are a little bit more traditional where God is outside of themselves. There's a separation. That separation is important for some, and that is okay. And in unity, some embrace the unity God where there is no separation at all. But in, in regardless of what way you relate to God, what's really important is to learn to communicate effectively. Whether you call out and say, dear God, or dear Mother, Father, God, or whether you just turn within and recognize that God energy within you, it's both a communication. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's see. So how to effectively communicate with God? And I want to start with a story. And most of you growing up in Christianity are probably familiar with the story called Do Not Worry. It's a story that talks about the birds in the air that don't worry at all where they get their food from. It's about the lilies in the field who are so beautiful that even Solomon's glory and, and garment couldn't match that beauty. But what's really important about this story, which is about learning to trust, learning to trust God, that God has this abundant way of being, or we learn to become and be abundant through our own recognition of God, what's really important here is the very last sentence. But seek it first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Often misunderstood, here it is a little bit bigger. What's really important here is kingdom of God and righteousness. And we need to understand what's actually being said here. Also, before you had the word, we go back, Gentiles in the third line. That's also relevant here. So these three things are really relevant. When we look at the metaphysics of this, it, then this is what it means. The Gentiles in this particular case, not always, represent our worldly thoughts. Thoughts that are directly connected with our humanness, with the challenges, the struggles that we have, the limitations that we have to put on ourselves in order to exist in a limited universe. Limited not because the universe is not vast, but limited in order for us to become material, there needs to be some form of limitation. The Gentiles represent our human self, the external senses, 
whereas the kingdom of God represents Christ, Christ's consciousness, where we know and understand God. And righteousness, and that's a really interesting one, isn't it? Righteousness is so often misunderstood. Metaphysically, what righteousness means is a state of harmony. When we are being righteous, doesn't mean self-righteous. When we are being righteous, it means that we're moving into spirit, soul, without the D, um, and body. I always do that. I don't know why. There's no reason for spelling soul this way. And, um, but anyway, you get it, right? Spirit, soul, and body, they all come into perfect harmony. And this is what I often mean when I say, when we think of mother, father, God, one cannot exist without the other. What we're seeking is the perfect harmony between the mother and the father, both at the same time. We may all lean toward one versus the other. So we need to sometimes bump up the masculine a little bit and sometimes bump up the feminine a little bit. Regardless whether we're male, female, or otherwise identify ourselves, that balance is what we need to seek. That's what's meant here with righteousness. So then we need to learn two things. There's two steps to God communication. And I actually like to call it God communion. Okay? The first step is preparation. And in order for us to seek first the kingdom of God, we need to be ready to receive and to understand and to experience the kingdom of God. In order to do that, we need to let go of, guess what? Our worldly thoughts, which are the Gentiles. This is what Jesus meant in the story, that where the difference is between the Gentiles and those who follow the Christ's teachings. It wasn't a judgment. It was simply a recognition of sometimes we get so distracted that we need to let go of those worldly thoughts. And then we assume our divine presence, which is the kingdom of God, and in that we establish harmony in thought, feeling, and action. That's where the righteousness comes in. So if we look at the end of that story, it's really telling us how to communicate, how to prepare ourselves in order to successfully and effectively communicate with God. We need to be in harmony, we need to recognize our divine presence, and we need to let go of our worldly thoughts that are distracting. Okay, let's do an exercise on that. I brought one of my favorite toys. Ever seen that? Okay. So... You keep your eyes open. You don't always have to close your eyes to become mindful. That's a misunderstanding. That's unfortunate. You can keep your eyes open. You, open. you keep your eyes focused on the sphere. And now together with me, breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And just follow the sphere. And now let go of your worldly thoughts. And recognize within you your divine presence. However that may look like right now. 
keep breathing, and find for a moment that harmony of thought, feeling, and action. Find that righteousness of the kingdom of God within you. Got it? It's not that hard, right? Took us like but a minute. That's what we need to do in order for us to effectively communicate with God, we need to get ready to communicate with God. And the best way to get ready is to be mindful. And I wanted you to give this imagery today because we don't have to remove ourselves from a situation and then go into a room to meditate in front of an altar we don't have to do that every single time. We can, in a split moment, do what we just did without having to remove ourselves from the situation. And in order to communicate with God effectively, we need to learn to do that. And we need to also understand and practice and see that it is actually possible, that we can be in the midst of chaos, and we can just take a moment, breathe, now you have that image of the sphere. You don't even need the help anymore. It's all here, right? And then you prepare yourself for God. So next is step two. That's a little bit trickier. Now we need to know what to say. <laughs> now that we are ready by assuming our divine presence, which means nothing else than be with God, to assume our divine presence is to be with God. Whether we believe God is outside of us, within us, all over the place, oneness, doesn't matter. Assuming divine presence always means I am with God. Now we need to know what to say. Because if we say the wrong thing, guess what? God will comply. If we don't know what to focus on, and how relevant that which we focus on is for our lives, for our needs, that are beneath all our wants. Remember from last week? That's important. We need to learn to understand the difference. So let's go back just for a moment. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the difference between basic needs like food and shelter, and growth needs like esteem, self-actualization. This is from nonviolent communication, basic needs. I made it a little simpler. I hope you can see it. Stack, can you see this all right? Because I'm going to keep this slide up. We have another exercise for today. I keep this, uh, put this slide up again so you kind of can choose a need to link your desire to one of those needs, which is really the challenge. Right? As you can see, they're quite powerful, aren't they? Um, competence is even twice there, which is awesome. So it's doubly important, as you can see. But you can see that connection is an important love, intimacy, autonomy, that we have a choice, spontaneity, peace, ease, harmony, beauty. So you can kind of pick and choose once you're ready. But I want to go back to this little guy. Okay. 
this little guy is really important. And I'll bring back some of what I said, um, talked about on the third advent, which was about love. How love connects to our desires. This is a representation of much of God, if you will, of the universe, of something infinite, right? We often see this world as the universe when we look out as, as very vast and infinite in nature. And then we have the circle, the circle that present, represents oneness. We have the infinity symbol that recognizes that God is infinite potential and possibility. For God, there is no limitation. We are the ones who put limitations on God. And we're moving that limitation into our lives. And when we learn how to effectively communicate with God, we learn to let go of some of those limitations that are no longer good for us. And in other cases, we actually need limitations. We may be a little bit too free-spirited with certain things. And then it may be really useful for us, at least for a little while, to put some limitations on. But important here is that this circle, the infinity symbol, they all have a meaning. And you see the arrow there. And if you remember from a few weeks ago, I was talking about that we are constantly creating. We're constantly moving. Just like the squirrels, right? The squirrels are constantly turning the hamster wheel, or the, the hamsters. Did I say squirrel? I must have had a squirrel moment. Squirrel? All right, hamster. Hamster wheel, right? And you remember probably this picture? That's actually what we are. All of us have a hamster wheel around us. It's invisible, obviously. It's also so um, amendable that when we bump into each other, you know, we, we don't even feel it. But ultimately, we're all like, like these people in those huge hamster wheels, and we're constantly turning. Even when we're standing still, we're still turning. There's no standing still of our thoughts and feelings. You probably already noticed that. I often say in meditation when people come, especially beginners, and say, oh, I want to stop thinking. And they say, well, there's one occasion when you will stop thinking. <laughs> That's when you're gone, right? That's the moment when we stop thinking. People get so frustrated about having all these thoughts, but we shouldn't get frustrated because the thoughts are useful, the feelings are useful. They tell us something about ourselves and others. It, give, it gives us important information. We need to learn to manage those thoughts effectively. And we need to learn to take the thoughts and the feelings that are relevant and connected to our deeper needs and focus on those and move that into creation rather than the garbage that we often think. And believe me, I think a lot of garbage. I don't know about you, but all day long. Did you know that we think about 50 to 80,000 thoughts? Did you know that? It's a lot, right? Most of those thoughts are absolutely useless. You know, we think about breakfast in the morning. We are worried about paying our bill in three weeks. You know, they're taking us out, in, out of the moment, which is also what the story Do Not Worry is about, about being present in the moment. And what we just did with the sphere 
is we, we gave ourselves presents. And all of a sudden, it didn't matter if we had to go and buy bacon for tomorrow's breakfast, right? Because what mattered was that we connected with our divine presence. Okay. So then <clears throat> we have love, the big L love, that drives the desire. We have 12 powers in unity that we believe are a big part of our spirituality. And the power of love is the one that gives us the ability to desire. The hamster wheel is a wheel of desires. It's constantly turning. And we need to learn to put the right desires into that hamster wheel so that we can help God help us to create what we want, what we truly desire, and what we need. Make sense so far? Okay. So then, you remember this graph maybe, where love is at the very bottom, strong, infinite potential of love that we can tap into in any moment of our lives. Never extinguishes, never runs out. It's like an infinite well of goodness that can never be stopped, can never be separated, can never be thwarted. You cannot have a big enough cork and you still wouldn't be able to plug it. It's impossible. Love is always, always available. That's a strong statement, isn't it? Because who hasn't felt a moment when they didn't feel loved? Anyone ever felt not loved? Right? Oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Only like four or five people. What am I even doing here, guys? Come on, be real. Have you ever felt not loved? Thank you, right? Let's be real. The reason why you did not feel loved was not because love did not exist, but because your awareness of that love may have been very distant. That's why we have that level of awareness, right? On the top, we have love and desire. And then on the bottom, we have the infinite power of love. And it depends on our level of awareness whether we actually are focusing more on the little L love, which is often around a lot of limitations. Oh, I can only love this person. I can only love that person this way. I can only love this type of music, but not other type of music. Right? The higher it gets up into that pyramid, the more limited it is. And then when we bring our awareness deeper, then we get a lot less limiting. And we get a lot closer to the big L love. Now, I'll replace those words, use the same pyramid, and want to explain how important it is for us to understand what our needs are so that we can direct our desires accordingly. The desires are directly linked to the power of love, as you just heard. We desire as we create in this world. I distinguish between wants and desires in this way. Wants are the things that are kind of nice to have, that you know, are the icing on the cake, if we get it. But desires are much more closely 
connected to what we truly need in our lives. I often think of, you know, buying a house, okay? Some of us may want to buy a house, and they get very, very particular about it. They go all the way to the top of the pyramid, into the wants. They say this house has to have 17 bedrooms and 15 bathrooms, and it has to have black countertops, and it has to have um, this type of shower set, and that type of shower set, all this, like this list of stuff, right? And when any agent that looks at that list, it's like, good luck with that, right? That's the problem when we get too specific. We need specificity to create, yes, because we can't just go all over the place and just do whatever. We need direction. We need focus. But if it's getting too focused, guess what? We most likely will not get what we seek. But if we open up a little bit, it's much easier to actually see that what we desire has already been given to us. We just need to learn to wake up to it. Still with me? Okay. So now you go from, depending on how, where your desires are, you can get closer to your wants, which means you make it more specific, or you get closer to the needs, which means you're still rather specific because you have a need of intimacy, a need of trust, a need of courage, but it's a lot more amendable and flexible. We want to be and find that sweet spot in between because principle number three, what we think matters. And not only what we think and feel matters, it's also how much we pay attention to what we feel and think. There's a lot of teachings out there that tell you, oh, just put it out in the universe and it will happen. And granted, for some people that is possible because they just find the right sweet spot. They just put enough love in there, enough specificity, but allow enough flexibility. They just got it without even knowing it. But for most of us, it's not that easy. For most of us, it takes a little bit more. So we need to learn to understand where to put our desires. Put desires and link them, if possible, to a need that we have in our lives. Be enough specific or provide enough specificity so that God and us together can actually create, right? So, for example, this railing here, this could look totally different, couldn't it? This could be all metal. It could be all rubber. It could be plastic. It could be all sorts of things. So there needed to be some specificity for this railing to look the way it is. But ultimately, what this railing needed to do is what? To safeguard us, right? That's the need that we have. So we are allowed to desire a need the way we would like it to be, but in the end, even though this looks very beautiful, if this one over here was all metal, would it be less helpful? No, right? So if we are a little bit more tangible and flexible with life, 
we actually get a lot more what we desire than we think. Which brings me to our exercise. And it's the dreaded pair up into A's and B's. <laughs> so I'll give you a minute to do that. Make sure that everyone has a partner. Michaeli, Christy. We, we need one, is there one single person? We have one single person. Oh, thank you. Well, then he's all by himself. Oh, no, he hasn't with someone. Okay, yeah. No, no, you come. Awesome, thank you, thank you. I know I'm confusing. There you go. Right with Matt. Okay. Awesome. So, it's very simple. We're going to do our preparation first, just quickly, like we did before. And then I will chime the singing bowl and give you one minute for the A's haha, to share with the B's what desires you claim. Remember, we do not ask God or beg for any, anything. We claim our desires as if they're already in place. You will have this slide in just a minute. So you can connect to a desire, to a need. And if this is all too confusing, don't worry about it. Just tell your partner what you want in life, okay? So that's part number one. Let's go back to that. Ready? Okay, open eye, mindfulness, together. Breathe in. Preparation, remember, breathe out. Follow this. Breathe in. Breathe out. Let go of your worldly thoughts. Assume your divine presence. And... Harmonize with your thoughts, with your feelings, and with your actions. Keep breathing. Allow your breath to remain present and begin.
Almost not long enough, hey? Now here is important. The B's now say back to the A's, those who have listened, the following, I hear your request and I see it fulfilled. And the A's respond, and so it is, amen. All right, I want you to check in what just happened. You connected with your divine presence. You harmonized your spirit, soul, body, thoughts, feelings, and actions. Then you told God, be as God, remember? You are God. I am God. We all are God. So you told God effectively what you desire, truly. And God is telling you back, giving you back, I hear your request, and I see it fulfilled. And you make a statement of amen, which means, and so it is, so it has always been, and so it will always be. We can use each other to understand how to communicate with God. Because that's what we do when we look at each other and we are vulnerable with each other and recognize what we truly in our hearts and share that with someone else. Okay? So now, switch. Going back to preparation. Da 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 da. Breathe in. I love this thing. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Keep breathing. Let go of your worldly thoughts. Assume your divine presence and harmonize your spirit, body, and soul, your thoughts, feelings and actions. Keep breathing. And now the B's share with the A's. So the A's who have listened now say, I hear your request and I see it fulfilled. 
and the bees are responding, and so it is. Amen. All right, a couple of reflections. Can we have the mic open? Who would like to share what just happened with him? Anyone who is willing to share what happened with you as you were doing this exercise? Christy? You know, we've decided there isn't any wrong or right in this, so we did the A and B at the same time. And so there is perfect order in that, and we're reflecting in it, and see that I see the God in her, and she sees the God in me, and we are very blessed to get to know each other. Thank you. Wonderful. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Ooh, all the way in the back. Hold on. Camera is losing me. Camera is losing me. There you go. There you go. I know it's odd that I'm even that I even raised my hand to even share this, but but what's so awesome is that on the on the oh what's so awesome, what was so awesome to me about this exercise is that me and my partner both had the same need and desire. Oh, <laughs> wonderful, awesome. One more. Okay, we'll do we'll do more. So we are mother and daughter, and um, we we decided that what came out of our um, desires was that I am looking at work beyond. I mean, life beyond work, and Liv is starting her career. So hers were about more about uh, her work and what she desires from her work, and mine is more about life beyond that. So that's that was our revelation. <laughs> and it still worked for both of you, didn't it? Right? Could you pass the microphone? Eleanor, just one. You're willing to share? Okay. I'm back. There you go. So one of the desires was to not be so fear oh. One of the desires I had was to not be so fearful moving forward. And uh, when you ask someone to volunteer for another person, I was like, okay, I'll do it. But through that, what I figured out is that speaking with someone that you don't know, a lot of that fear falls away because mm -hmm. you don't know that person. So you're more open to be more honest, more whatever, than to be, I mean, to speak with someone about those problems with someone that you yeah. do know I, so I'm, I was definitely more open and we had a great conversation so. yeah okay right on okay last one last one so um I, I think yeah we're mom and mom and daughter mama um I think the biggest thing that I got out of it is to actually say what I desire because a lot of times we don't talk about it we don't we don't um, just put it out there and say I'm gonna ask for this and I'm gonna receive it so just just the mere um, act of putting it out there mm -hmm. so can you all see thank you all for sharing very important I love what you said about sometimes it's easier to tell a stranger what's really in our hearts than a friend. And it seems paradoxical, doesn't it? But sometimes we build up our barriers in certain areas and we are just not there yet to share that with our close ones. And it's much easier and also freeing to just tell it to a stranger, right? Obviously, uh, you have signed up this as you came in 
whatever happens in this sanctuary stays in this sanctuary, okay? <laughs> so, <clears throat> but the point is, is really what, what you just said, Beth, too, is about understanding that sometimes we need to speak it out. Because if we don't speak it, no one will hear it, okay? And words are extremely powerful. And we can use the power of the throat chakra, for those who are familiar with chakra work, we can use to actually use the vibration of the, of the universe, OM, we can use that to create, to support creation. So this exercise I wanted to do with you so you get to see that it can be a little bit scary to talk to a stranger, but can also be powerful. And I wanted you to understand today that in every interaction, you're talking to God. You are with God. And you're also with your own self. And it's about that harmony, to bring that harmony alive, which is the kingdom of God, which we all deserve, not just one person who lived 2,000 years ago. So seek your first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things may be given on to you as well. And we can change this into the kingdom of God is already within you. And it is your righteousness, the harmony you bring to your thoughts, feelings, and actions with which you will give yourself all these things. We have the power to give ourselves all we desire. We just need to do it. Okay? Remember who you are. This little guy, right? Hamster wheel around us all the time. Remember that that's part of humanity, of learning to create. We're creation machines, right? But also remember what you are. infinite potential in every moment, in every existence. And with that, let us move into meditation. using the same preparation that we just did a couple of times today. Just imagine the sphere opening up as you inhale and collapsing as you exhale. Let go of your worldly thoughts. Assume divine presence and find harmony within you, harmony of mother, father, God, harmony of thought and feeling, harmony of spirit, soul, and body, harmony of everything. And in that preparation, in that presence, that you have, that you are, find 
the most expansive way of being that you can possibly muster right now and trust that that is, in fact, you, 100% human and 100% divine. So with that wisdom, that understanding, with that conviction, allow your desires to fruition, to blossom into this world. Align your ideas with those desires and allow those desires to fulfill the needs that you have identified are important to you right now. With every breath you take, you allow those desires to move and flow and adjust and become part of your reality, the reality of thought and feeling, reality even of manifestation. Allow God to be part of this. Allow God's self to become part of your creation. Remember what Jesus said to the disciples. He said, the Father and I are one. He never said that to separate himself from anyone else. He never said it to suggest that only I and the Father can be one. No, he said it so that people understand that his example is the example that we can follow. And I'm convinced if Jesus was alive, he would say, my mother or mother, father, and I are one. This is not about one versus the other. This is about harmony together. We are what we seek to be, that which we desire is already in existence, whether in thought or feeling or out in the world. So let's imagine again this sphere expanding as we breathe in and how this expansion allows us to feel free, to feel open and curious, to feel as if everything is just lining up perfectly to the way we need it to. And as we exhale and let the sphere collapse, we're not afraid to let go of what we no longer need, to release the pain and forgive the things that we ought to forgive to ourselves and others let go sphere expanding we find gratitude in all of existence sphere collapsing we allow ourselves to shift and change and move on and let go and be new renewed mind renewed heart renewed self 
expanding once more. Deep gratitude for each and every one of us. Collapsing, feeling the freedom of true forgiveness, true release. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.